my God great tonight. I had one song to sing tonight before we turn to the Word. And, the, and I, out of all the thousands of songs we have and we sing, it's already done. So there's the mind of the Lord for tonight. Shake hands with somebody and say, it's already done, man. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's already done. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to know you're in the channel. Amen. All right. Well, I think we have a couple visitors tonight. We have uh, Sister Amy Chen's parents are here from Japan, all the way from Japan. They arrived today. Would you just raise your hands? God bless you. <laughs> Mr. Chan, Sister Chan, God bless you. Amen. We've enjoyed Sister Amy, and she's graduating on Friday. So congratulations, and bless your family, and to all the graduates, I believe it's 6 o'clock here on Friday at the school. Everyone's invited on 6 o'clock at BCA, and we'll just be happy to join and celebrate with some of our young people. And also, Sister Jean Watkins is here all the way from South Carolina. Brother Jason Watkins' uh, mother and Sister Lisa's mother. Let's welcome her tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. God bless you. I noticed your hands raised, Sister Jean, when we sang that song, My Family is Sealed. Amen. I believe that. Amen. Let's turn to the scripture tonight to um, Luke chapter 15. I think today's the last day of spring, so we're springing into summer tomorrow. And we're thankful for these seasons and these times. It's a busy time. I think some of our young people are graduating even this very hour as we speak tonight, some with honors and some with merits, and we thank the Lord for them. And this weekend's another very busy weekend, and we just congratulate them. Luke chapter 15, we'll turn to the scripture here, a very familiar place. Could we pray before we read the scripture as we bow our heads, would you like to Slip up your hand to the Lord if there's something specific you'd like him to touch your heart or minister. Heavenly Father, we love you tonight, God. We don't speak these words lightly, our Heavenly Father. We came from you. We're going back to you. You foreknew all of us. You elected us. Oh, Jesus, you knew that there would come a season in our lives that we would respond to your word. You knew, Lord, before that great catching away that you would not lose one of your children. There would come a message. There would come a presence upon that seed and quicken it to life. Jesus, many in this room have been quickened. If there's some that need a greater quickening, would you quicken them tonight? All of us, Lord, myself included, young or old, middle-aged, just may the presence of God come and minister to us as an assembly. A busy time of the year, Lord. Many graduations and awards and celebrations and gatherings. I just pray tonight would be an evening we could let off the pressure together. We've heard a lot of wonderful services and meetings lately. Just We could just room, uh, room about it tonight. Speak about it a little bit. It would be so wonderful. But would you come again and speak to the hearts of your people? May the heart of the Father speak from the Word. Lord, don't let us just catch the letter of it, but may it come to our hearts. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
Just feel your Holy Spirit like a pulsation throbbing, Lord, the Word of God tonight. And we thank you for that. Bless your people and heal each heart and speak to them. Those that lifted up their hands, those that were feeble, maybe couldn't or weak, would you minister to all of us tonight? Every sheep and every life in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter 15 is a very familiar uh, scripture that's read most often, starting with verse 11. The emphasis is uh, put on the prodigal son and his return. If you look in verse 12... Uh, down to verse 29, I think the word father is mentioned at least 10 times that I counted. And the last Sunday was Father's Day. Uh, tonight I'd want to take a, a little thought on that and speak on the heart of the father. But we want to pick this up in verse 25. This is after the son had been re, uh, restored back and his father received him. Luke 15 verse 25. Now his elder son, speaking of the father, his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy, thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. Verse 28. The elder son, he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. Tonight we're speaking on the heart of the father. I just want you to catch his attitude now. Because he's dealing with, um, we would say, a believer that had been in the church and been in the field for all these years, been faithful. But this elder son didn't have the heart of the father. So really, the father had two sons that were wayward. One was very obvious, and he's a prodigal, but the other is a little bit more maybe hidden, we'd say. Because when he heard all about all this was happening, this revival, he was angry and would not go in. But the father entreated him. Verse 29, and he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. I mean, he was bypassing all the youth meetings, prayer meetings, camp services, Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights. I never was able to spend. It shows how we can get out of mood or out of attitude with the Father and start saying things that's not really even true. Is that true? But as soon as this thy son was come, verse 30, which hath devoured, notice his attitude. He doesn't call him his brother. He, doesn't, he just says, thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots. Thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. I think that's a good word for us tonight. The Lord is with us, and all that He has is ours. It was meet or necessary that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. God give us the heart of the Father. God bless you. You can have your seats. We'll just allow you to rest. 
If we could turn to 3 John chapter 1. This is in the end of the New Testament now. We read in Luke 15, this is really the heart of the Father toward those that are lost or wayward. And then we hear the heart of the Father toward those that are maybe in the church and around, but their heart still isn't exactly right. 3 John chapter 1. It's first, second, third John, Jude, and then Revelations. This is the, now the heart of Father expressed through the Apostle John. 3 John chapter 1, and we'll just start reading at verse 2 as he was speaking to one of the elder brothers. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. What a Father's Day message. The heart of the Father being expressed through John that I have no greater joy, I have no greater delight than to hear that my children are walking in truth. Could he say that tonight about us? Our precious Heavenly Father, as it was expressed through John, I regret, uh, verse 3, I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. Even as we grew up through all the grades or uh, matured through the years to know that our Father can rejoice greatly tonight, uh, our Heavenly Father, when He heard that you're walking in the truth. I believe that makes the heart of our Father very happy. When we look back in Luke 15, we can see the heart of the Heavenly Father as it was expressed, uh, the heart of the Father, number one, to the prodigal son, and number two, to the elder son. How the Father dealt with the situation. It reflected a true Father. And it's an example for us today. And I just want to say this right at the beginning. Sometimes you speak about a Father and it might get a little squeaky. Many times people's hearts begin to think about maybe their upbringing or their natural fathers. And I just want to move your heart from a natural thinking more into the spiritual of the heart of our Heavenly Father. And we're not here tonight to just speak about all the brokenness and the hurts and the pains of our natural lineages. We're here to focus on our heavenly lineage and the heart of our Heavenly Father. He's been good to us. And in 3 John, when, when John expressed this in verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Tonight we could say that. Our Heavenly Father, He loves fatherhood. Do you remember that in Christ is the mystery? Brother Branham said He wanted to do, He loved fatherhood, for He was a father, and the only way He could express it was to become a son. So God became a son... And was just like you and me, born from a, a little child and went through about 33 and a half to know what you and I went through. What a father. And then for John to express that I have no greater joy than to hear that it wasn't just speaking of that the believers were walking in truth, but it's the heart of the father that loved fatherhood. This was the mystery of Christ that had been broken on Calvary, now coming up through that first 
church age, as John was expressing it, he loved fatherhood. There's no greater joy that our Heavenly Father can have or greater pleasure but to know that His children are walking in the Word. Hallelujah. So He sent a Word. He sent a message that would turn our hearts. There's nothing greater He could do for us. Hallelujah. He sent a great message. A great call went out and resurrected us. That pleased the father when the prodigal son came walking back in total restoration, total deliverance. And to see the bride marching now and beat, it gives him great joy. But it also brought him a little bit of hurt when he saw the elder son not having his own heart. When he saw the move of God happening right at the end and he failed to rejoice on the level that the father had, the father was elated. The father was just, we'd say, over the top. He, he didn't even ask for the money back from the prodigal. He, he like threw it in the sea of forgetfulness and said, let's go on. But the elder one that had been around and been working in the field and paid his tithes and been a, a good, you know, good, good son, we would have said, his attitude and heart wasn't the same as the father. And I believe before the rapture change, God is working on all of us tonight. We, we can't look down on any person, whether they're astray or whether they're among us or even in our own lives. There's no greater pleasure and joy that God has tonight but to see His children walk in an atmosphere of His presence. That He can come down in the cool of the evening time and have fellowship with you and I. Praise God for that. And to, to see you manifesting His life gives Him a great joy. That we're walking in the light of our day as He's in the light, as He's shown the light on us. It, it does something for God. Amen. When He looks out over Laodicea, it's a dark world out there. But to see you living for Him gives the heartbeat of God like a, a skip in His step. Let's do that tonight on a busy Wednesday night and say, Lord, we give you our refreshment of our praise, of our worship. Because we don't want to found, be found at the time of the rapture as a prodigal son away from home. Neither do we want to be an elder son that has been around the house, but we don't have the heart of the Father. I would say, Lord, give me a new heart. Change my heart, O oh God. Make it ever new. We think of examples Brother Branham gave, even, you know, June 1963, after the seals, he spoke on Show Us the Father. He was speaking about Marilyn Monroe. I was looking at her, uh, just some of the facts about her life before the service. And Brother Branham saw her in a vision when she was dying. And, and even if you look today on Google, they'll tell you that she died of an of a overdose, a barbiturate overdose, that she committed suicide. Brother Branham said they, they say that she committed suicide. He said she was a kind of a girl that was a very popular woman. And I was up in the mountains and I saw her die. And they told me, and then he told me, you can say it's four o'clock, but it's just a few seconds before four. They'll say she committed suicide, but she died with a heart attack. And what is that woman's name? A young blonde-headed woman, Marilyn Monroe. That was it. She died and did not commit suicide. Isn't that amazing? So Google isn't always right. 
The prophet's right. In fact, they're going to find out that at the day of judgment, the very sex icon that they made so great at 36 years old that, that passed away uh, very prematurely, they would have said, they're God, they're goddess. But watch what Brother Branham said. I felt sorry for the girl. She always seemed to be kind of a woman weary. She needed something. I wish I could have got to the child. She needed Christ. She might have went to some cold, formal church, but she needed a real case of salvation with something in her heart. That's what I was coming from tonight, the heart of the Father. And Brother Branham's reaching back into a modern-day example of Marilyn Monroe that she needed a, a real case of salvation with something in her heart to give her that assurance. That goes globally tonight. Every person needs Christ. Do we agree with that? And he goes into her family and said her father, she never seen him. Her mother was in the insane institution. It was all on the girl's mind. She needed Christ. And then in that, we know that. So Brother Branham's reaching into her past life and speaking about her father, that she never knew him. Her mother was in an insane institution. I read about that today. She went from foster home to foster home. And she was married when she was 16 years old and went from one husband to another husband to another husband worth millions of dollars even back then. But she needed Christ. I would say as Sister Leah Ardell Briner sings the song, People need the Lord. They still need Him tonight. The prodigal son needed the Lord. But the elder son needed the Lord. They get caught in a trap where their heart gets away from God. Yet they could be so close and be next to the Father, or they could be in a pig pen somewhere, which was to the Jewish heart blasphemy to be next to pigs like that. Let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 11. Tonight we want to see how the heart of the Father reaches down and we'll begin to deal with a heart, no matter where they're at. God foreknew you. He predestined you to come to life. So wherever you were or wherever you are, God's grace still reaches out for you. Praise God for the day that the Father walked into the room. Praise, praise God. I'm really speaking a Father's Day message, but our Heavenly Father walked into your life. Ezekiel 11, verse 17. We'll read here a few verses as Ezekiel, remember, saw so many visions and had the burden of the word of the Lord. Ezekiel eleven seventeen. Therefore say, thus saith the Lord God, I will even gather you from the people and assemble you out of the countries where you have scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. Can spiritual Israel say amen to that tonight? I will give you the rapture. I will give you the change. That's the heart of the Father. And whatever happens from the time you're born to the time you take your last breath, you will not lose your predestination. Let's just, just tell the devil again tonight. He's lost the battle. Amen. It's already done. I will give you the land. Now, verse 18. And they shall come thither, and they shall take away all the detestable things thereof and all the abominations thereof from thence. And I will give them one heart 
And I will put a new spirit within you. And I will take the stony heart out of their flesh. And will give them a heart of flesh. Some might need verse 19 right there tonight. I will give them one heart. We're speaking about the heart of the Father. God giving you one heart and the body of one heart. It's speaking of the inner man or the inner mind. It's the inner will. I'm just speaking about this mind up here being turned. But the heart, it's your understanding. It's the inner part or the midst of everything. That It's the heart or the soul of the individual. It's really where knowledge comes from and your thinking. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's the reflection and even your memory. And we're not speaking about your memory here, but way back before the foundation of the world, you're in God's memory. So when we speak about, I will give them one heart, it is, I will give them one mind, one heart, one inclination. One resolve, one determination, one conscience. Speaking of moral character, they needed more heart. That's the ability to have moral character. The heart is where the seed of appetites are. Let me just close out on this. Verse 19, I will give them one heart and put a new spirit within them and take out the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh. This is a wonderful scripture. I'm going to take out their stony mind, their stony understanding, and I'm going to give them a heart of flesh, that heart where the appetite comes from, where the seat of emotions and passions as the seat of courage. Hallelujah. It's the heart of the bride that moves out there. God's taken away just our our natural heart. I'm not talking about our natural heartbeat. There's a little place in there. That God put there in in the heart of a believer that's far beyond anything else of this world. And from that seat come the believer's appetite. Comes the controller of your emotions and your passions. Now we're moving way out there beyond your first birth and your natural father. Or what happened in your natural home. I, I believe tonight if we'd really grasp a revelation of the heart of the father... There would be nothing in this natural life that would be able to come between you and that God than whether it's husband, wife, friend, associate. You've heard the heart of God. You've received the heart of God. And nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing in this life. And you as an individual can nail that down and say, I'm making the same commitment back to God. It's not just the husband saying, I take you, but it's the wife saying, I take you. You're my heart. It's the heart of your relationships, the heart of a marriage, the heart of the message. We would say, what is the heart of the message or the heart of God? It's the heart of a person who's heard that phrase, what was on the inside of the heart finally came out or what was on the inside all those years finally was manifested, whether good or bad. We're in harvest time. And it's time to get out all those old things so that we can be changed. As verse 20 says, that they may walk in my statutes and keep mine ordinances and do them. Not just hear them, but do them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. 
Verse 21 says, But as for them whose heart, whose heart walketh after the heart of their detestable things and their abominations, I will recompense their way upon their own heads, saith the Lord God. In other words, to hear the heart of God and then to give yourself to another heart is an abomination. It's detestable. It's like God just... It's like when Brother Branham was in that, that little Duncan restaurant that had closed and he had to go to another restaurant. You remember, and he saw the police officer and he saw the elder lady and hands uh, and different activities going on. And uh, there was something in his heart that kind of came against that. But then God showed him that ring around the earth. A circle of blood and whenever him as a person. Now, Brother Branham would do something wrong. It was like hitting him in the face of God and hitting up against that blood. And then he felt so convicted. By the end of the evening, he was out in the middle of the floor bringing her to Christ. Because there was a heart change in the prodigal, but also in William Branham. The elder son had a change of heart. Let's turn to Ezekiel 18. Just keep your Bible right there for Ezekiel. We'll turn to Ezekiel 18. We have some interpreters there interpreting live streaming now for French and uh, Spanish and, and, and Chinese. And, and they'll be on the website in the future. So I put in my notes, slow down for the interpreters. Amen. So sometimes we kind of slow down, though, but we're kind of... And then other times we speed up and we need to slow down. Ezekiel 18, verse 31. <clears throat> the heart of the Father. Cast away from you all your transgressions, whereby ye have transgressed, and make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will ye die, O house of Israel. Someone would say, well, how can I do that? I, how can I cast away things? And how can I make me a new heart and a new spirit? It's getting in His presence. It's getting under the influence of the creative Word that says, let there be. Let there be. It's people that would come in with all kinds of spirits hanging on to them. And in the atmosphere of truth being ministered, chains fall off. Praise God. It's come in diseased and afflicted. And we're speaking about hearts now, so the seed of their appetite is corrupted. Their emotions are in the wrong place. Their passions, their courage is not right. Their character's not right. But as they hear the Word, they're washed by the water of the Word. They're strengthened. They're renewed. Because the heart of the Father is coming into them. That is how we have a new heart and a new spirit. Let's turn to Ezekiel 36. This will be our last scripture for a little bit here. These are very familiar scriptures as we speak about the heart of the Father. Ezekiel 36, verse 24. These are promises made to the house of Israel, but now in the New Testament to the Gentiles, we become spiritual Jews. Ezekiel 36, verse 24. God said, I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. 
Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Will I cleanse you? Is this the Bible? Thus saith the Lord. So under this washing, under this sprinkling, under this, the filthiness leaves. False idols leave. It's God cleansing us. Verse 26. A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Who's doing this? Who's giving us these things? It's our Father. It's our Heavenly Father saying, I'm doing this work. I'm justifying you. I'm sanctifying you. I'm filling you now as we hear this, verse 27. And I will put my Spirit within you. So now it's God's Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Not just justified. Not just sanctified. But now filled. I will put my spirit within you. That's where everyone must come before the rapture. Every bride member is going through this process of a new heart and a new spirit. Taking away the stony heart. Giving us a heart of flesh. But don't stop there. And I will put my spirit within you. That is, my heart is going to be in you. The way I think. Where I sit on the matter is going to begin to flow through my body. The heart of the Father has now come into the heart of the bride. We become so close now where our hearts that used to beat kind of irregularly, but now in His presence, we begin to beat the same. We begin to be synchronized. This is fulfilling the Word. This is why the Holy Spirit and the believer, once you start manifesting your land, you feel so happy and you feel satisfied. Philip said, show us the Father, and it would so satisfy us. If, if we could just see the Father in the midst, it would so satisfy us. That's what he was saying. Verse 28, well, let's read verse 27. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. And ye shall dwell in the land that I give Gave to your fathers, and ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. And I will also save you from all your uncleanliness. And I will call for the corn, and will increase it. Corn is a type of the word. I will call for the word. I'll call for the corn, and will increase it, and lay no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree. An increase of the field, that ye shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. Is this good word tonight? It's the best thing we've heard all day long. Amen, is the word of God. Now Hosea, we don't turn to it, but Hosea 4.11, he said, Whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. So he's not talking about someone grabbing your heart out of you. Natural heart. But he's speaking spiritually, whoredoms, spiritual prostitution, not giving him our time, or infidelity, and wine, or new wine. That's stimulation that would come from another heart or another source takes away the heart. It certainly does. 
takes away the drive, takes away your appetite for the things of God, takes away your appetite for prayer. Satan, again, trying to get your hamstring, that that prayer life. It's time to just kick him off tonight or call for reinforcements. Speaking of the heart tonight, the inside life, the hidden life, that's where the heart is, where the fountain of desire is. Lord, give me a heart like thine. As the song says, give me a heartbeat, a fountain of desire that would be the word of God. That sacred place for God to dwell in you as a human being. It's the soul of the situation as we spoke last Wednesday night on a heart transformation. The heart of the matter. Not just skin deep all the time. Not just surface. But Lord, bring our spiritual lives. Yes, Lord, answer this prayer. Bring it down to the heart, Jesus. We're now the heart that's very, very important. Remember, it's a very important organ, the heart. I was talking to an ex-Marine this morning. I think he's in his 60s or 70s. And he's up for a kidney operation. They're going to take out one of his kidneys. And I understand you can actually live. You have two kidneys. But you can actually live with only one kidney. And so he's scheduled for that because of the, the warfare and things that he went through in Africa and through the wars that he faced. And you can live without one kidney. But you can't live without your heart. God, give us a heart, a spiritual heart. Don't let me lose that, Lord Jesus. Now, James said this in James 1.27. Would you like to turn to another place? I I know it's Wednesday night and it's already half our service is over. But turn to James 1.27 and I'll try to speak a little bit quicker. Remember, it's kind of a Father's Day message. A heavenly Father came down. In a fatherless generation. In a generation that is very fatherless. God came down to you. In James 1.27, he's speaking to the church, the believers. He said, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction... And to keep himself unspotted from the world. If we were speaking another message, we would say, emphasize to keep yourself unspotted from the world is pure religion and undefiled before God. And that is true. But our thought tonight, speaking of the Father, that pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is to visit the fatherless. That's those that are comfortless, those that do not have a father. Those that do not have parents. But it even goes deeper than that. James instructing the church. It's those that are bereft of a teacher. Those do not, that do not have a teacher in their lives that we are commanded by the word to visit them. Be available for those that don't have a teacher. For those that don't have a guide in their life. You say, oh, oh, that's not my family or that's not me. No, we are our brother's keeper. And if there's fatherless among us, the Bible speaking of those that are without a guide, those that are without guardian, those that are orphaned, whether naturally or spiritually, that there's to be something of the Father. Look, look in verse 27. It's before God and the Father. So the heart of the Father comes into the body. And if there's fatherless among us, we're to visit them. Communicate with them. 
be a help to them. And this is where in John 14, when, when, when Philip was now observing Jesus treating, uh, speaking in a certain way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. Let's just turn there, John 14, verse 6. When Philip heard Jesus talking like this, he said, Lord, show us that Father. I want to see that Father. I have to admit to you as you're turning, I come from a very good family. My father is here tonight. My grandfather was a message believer. But throughout Father's Day season, and even through the end of the graduation year, my heart as a minister goes out to the fatherless that are in the message. Fatherless in our church. Maybe their father's walked out on them. Maybe he's abandoned a wife, abandoned young people. My heart goes out to them. Abandoned or left. And maybe they haven't physically, but they live in the house, but they're not a spiritual leader in the home. And it gives the wrong heart to the children when they see a father that's not reflecting the heart of God. It causes a young person to, to look slanted toward God. That's why they grow up and they're slanted toward the ministry. I know what I'm speaking about. They'll email, they'll text, they'll come right against you very, very strongly. And they don't even realize when you look back, it's, it's their father treated them that way. There was a lot of fussing in the home, a lot of fighting. There was a lot of uh, uh, husbands and wives fighting in a home. And many times you see people get nervous in church and, and, it, and it triggers something in their past and they clam right up like that. It's our duty as believers to let the heart of the Father, the atmosphere of the Father, flow to one another. Some never had a good father, never had a good family. And so watch Philip here in John 14, verse 6, when Jesus was saying unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. Or if you would have known my heart, you would have known the heart of the Father. And from henceforth, or from now on, ye know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I not, Mother Branham read this scripture for many opening uh, messages on show us the Father. Thirteen times, at least, in the message. He used the scripture of Philip saying, Lord, show us the Father. And he's not just speaking of in discernment and reaching back into their past and bringing up issues that they had. It was, give us an atmosphere. Give us, give us something we can hang on to. And Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip, or known my heart, we would say. He that has seen me has seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, show us the Father? And verse 8, this is the cry of every believer. Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us, or we'll be content. That will be enough. Lord, if we just see you, that's enough. Amen. That's what the children of Israel said to Joshua and Caleb. As long as we see the God that was in Moses, we'll follow you. And God said back, as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. But it works both ways. 
congregation and the ministry working together. It's the heart of the Father being conveyed, but it's the heart of the Father responding. Whether you're a prodigal, come home. Or whether you're an elder son that has a bad attitude, come back to the heart of the Father. Show us the Father and it sufficeth us or it will give us strength that is failing now. The strength that we feel lacking. We feel not possessed, Lord. But if you will show us yourself, we will be strong. We would be satisfied. We would be contented. And that was the heartbeat of the bride and denomination and out in the world. And God answered with a message. And the Father walked in. Praise be to God. This is much deeper than I'm sure we all can even imagine or think about. Our Heavenly Father stepped into this generation. This great one is greater than our natural father. He's greater than any founder of of some natural race or tribe. He's greater than any people on this earth. Our heavenly father is greater than any tribe. Any race of people. It goes beyond skin color. Nationalities. Whether you're born in the gutter somewhere, God will go down there and cause a great big airplane to be stopped. Because there's one of his sons out there, out on the, on the sea of life, says, it's so dark. And the heart of the father, remember, there was no father there. But the word came down through a prophet. You have the liberty tonight as a son, a daughter of God to say, Lord, turn on the light. Hallelujah. The heart of the father. We could speak about Abraham, Jacob, or David being fathers, like forefathers or fathers, founders of a race. One that is a senior person or authority in a household or in a society. You would say he's a senior person or he's a senior father. But it goes much deeper than that. To have the heart of the father means that a person has been infused with the same spirit that's in the father is now in you. Hallelujah. It's when that heart is now in you and it begins to govern your mind, govern your actions, and begins to put you into action. It's not you no longer. It's the heart of the Father speaking to Lazarus saying, Lazarus, come forth. And he walked out of there. He responded to the Father. Isn't that amazing? Uh, Thinking of that today when scribes and Pharisees that studied the Torah and knew the Word, and when they saw the Father, they rejected Him. Don't think you're so base tonight. I, I believe some of you are actually sons and daughters of God, bride material that just need to turn that little corner and recognize the great Father. He stands in a place tonight and looks over with parental care. Untiring care, Brother Branham used that word. Untiring. He doesn't get tired of our offcomings. What a father. He speaks of honor or teachers. We have many teachers in our church. And I tell you, the influence of a teacher is not temporary. It's for eternal. Brother Branham talked about when they threw prayer out of the schools. That's when sin came in. That's when the suicide rates went up. That's when drugs came in. You threw out prayer and you got the drugs. You threw out Bible reading and you got premature 
activity of young people that should have never happened. They threw out the Bible. They threw out prayer. And that's the very thing the bride is saying, Lord, restore unto me the desire for those kind of things. I was thinking of our church school and how we have the opportunity to pray with them and speak about the Lord Jesus. Wow, what an honor to be our Heavenly Father. You can go to the devil tonight and say, I'm going to turn you into my father. I'm going to talk to my daddy about you. Hallelujah. I don't mean to be a little bit. It's good to smile a little bit in church. I'm going to tell my daddy about you. Oh, yes. He gives us training. He gives us knowledge. He, he trained us up by the Holy Spirit. He wants what's best for his family. So he gives them the best tutors. Puts them under the best governors. Governors, meaning they govern. They, they don't dictate, but they're, they're there to guide and lead you. We're commanded through James to visit the fatherless. Those that are without governors, without tutors, and without those that would help guide them. Then you take that interest on yourself. That's the heart of the Father. Praise be to God. God is my Father. Can you say that tonight? God is my Father. He's above anything that's happened in my lineage or natural life. I take the Word of God over that. I will not fear what the devil would try to put on me or put on a piece of paper and say, you got this. I say, I don't have that. You say, your daddy, your grandpa, your grandma, your mother. No, I'm taking the Word of God. I'm going to wrestle it out with that angel. Hallelujah. The heart of the Father has come into the bride. Hallelujah. He's the Father and God of the stars, the heavenly atmospheres, and the galaxies move at the sound of your Father. Is that fantastic? Because He is their Creator. He's my Creator. I'm just a little dot down here on earth that's just a little dot in another galaxy in another place, but I have a great Father. He created all of this. He's bigger than my problems. Bigger than my sickness, bigger than my pain, bigger than my suffering, bigger than a misunderstanding. Even Brother Brown preached God being misunderstood. You might have been misunderstood, but God is greater than my misunderstanding. My God is greater than my heart. If my heart would condemn me, God is greater than my heart. You say, how is He greater? Because He sends a word, a blood, that will drip over that certain issue of mine. He'll send a minister across the platform just to say something. That's blood dripping down into your life. Praise be to God. That is my Father. I'm not fatherless tonight. Hallelujah. He's my guardian. He's my protector. The Lord Jesus stands on my behalf. We're Christians tonight. We've been birthed from another place. We're specially close to Him. He's intimate with us. We have a close relationship with our God. And we no longer dread Him as a stern judge of, of sinners. But we revere Him as, as being reconciled. He's a loving Father. Uh, and this might be hard for some of you, but some of our natural uh, perceptions of a Father needs to be dramatically changed. If your natural Father wasn't a spiritual person, or even if He was, and He failed you, your Heavenly Father is not just a stern judge of sinners. 
Like those in the past ages would have said, you know, I'm a sinner. I'm just nothing but a sinner saved by grace. That's all they went to. But the bride realizes that we're not just sinners saved by grace, but we revere Him that we've been reconciled. He's a loving Father. His grace has been sufficient. Tell me whose grace is going to be more sufficient than God's grace. So, friends, just jump right in tonight and say, God's mercy. Oh, I read that quote today, and I wish I could have put it on the screen. He said, I've spurned God's mercy many times, but I could never spurn His grace. I'm just paraphrasing. Maybe somebody would find that. But I've, I've, I've heard His mercy so many times. But then grace comes rushing through. Hallelujah, when you've come to the end of your rope and the end of your strength, something just bypasses and swoops right around the whole situation. Says, I'll pay that bill, I'll take over. What is that? That's amazing grace. I wish some of you would really meet that person. You're called Mrs. Grace. You've received the heart of God. Then it's not stern judgment. But it's now being revered. We know he was the wigged one. Don't anyone misunderstand. But to the bride, he's a loving father. It's Jesus Christ that's brought a bond of love and intimacy. That's brought us in and made us acquainted with all his purposes. He's, he's appointed us. He explains things to us. He takes time with us. Even as we come into the summer. You say, but we don't have the money for this certain vacation. But... Time with one another is so important. That's the heart of the Father, just to spend some time. Throw a little football. Go fishing. Go down to the ocean. Just little things that don't take a lot of money and effort, we would say. But why can't we do that? It's the heart of a Father. Because as a, a young person sees the Lord Jesus is how they'll see their, through their Father. Very amazing how... That there's so many of you that could have such a horrible upbringing, horrible past life and family situation. And to hear the message and have it revealed to your heart and to turn it all around. And you just love the Lord Jesus and have just been like a rocket ship, Brother Ray. Just, just from all over the globe. It's like Ezekiel said, we've come from all nations. There's not one transgression our God cannot deal with. He'll give you a new heart. Say, Brother John, my heart's just not big enough to grasp what you're saying. God will give you a bigger heart. That's what the Bible says, enlarge the borders of my heart. That means stretch out the tents. You know, this is so wonderful. From 1950 to 1963, Brother Branham preached at least 13 messages on this Father, on the subject, show us the Father. And it suffices us. Show us the Father. All the way from Cleveland, Ohio, to through Indiana, Chicago, Illinois, Los Angeles, into Zurich, Switzerland, 1955, into North Carolina, Chicago again, back to Los Angeles in 59, and Yakima, Washington in 60, Dawson Creek in 61, back to North Carolina in 62, up through Oregon, finally after the seals in June, after the seals, this very month of Father's Day, month you would say when everything's kind of coming to an, an end and another season, another cycle, another school year. It was like the Holy Spirit was saying, the heart of the Father 
through the prophet, show us the Father and it will suffice us. No matter how we put it, just stay with us as we come toward the end of service. If things aren't the way they ought to be in a family, in a home, it just hurts the heart of the Father. You could have someone doing very good, a young lady, a young man, and that's wonderful. We, then you have another that just struggles, so they go away. No matter how great it is at Christmas time or Thanksgiving or even at times of graduation or, or weddings or, or funerals, certain occasions bring families together. And when you see things that are out of order or things that have really hurt, the, you, you'd say, the fabric of the family. It really brings a heaviness. It's really the heart of the Father. In these fatherless times, in these desperate times that it looked like it was so dark and the world was falling apart, God sent the opening of the seals to break that desperation and bring a token message that was for the family. The heart of the Father Do you remember him saying that that was the message to follow those seven seals? It was the token message that was coupled with love and desperation that was the heart of the Father just making sure that is everyone Him? Whether they're a prodigal or whether there's someone that's in the house that still has a wrong attitude. It's like, why does that elder son have that kind of opposition against the the move of God? Why, is he, why isn't he on board with what's happening? It's like he's standing outside. He doesn't even want to go in. And Here's a, here's a move of God. Here's a great miracle happening. And it was like the Holy Spirit was coming in the final finale of this age. So much fatherless happening. So much walking out. And I'm thinking of children or young people or even on the female side that would feel that loss of being abandoned of a home, of a situation. Right in that situation came a token that said, apply the blood and full obedience to my word, I'll bring you under this heart. I think that's so wonderful. And sometimes you look at young people that have problems and issues and wrong behavior, even little children. I've observed it over the years. It's not entirely their fault or their personal choice. But you see it coming up through But oh, when there comes a time of a personal conversion, that it seems like whether it's a a person that's in a a believing home or in a believing family or whether they're all alone and they hear about the Word and they come out of that, it's like a star shooting off the heart of God. All of those problems and issues and wrong behaviors that comes from a nature that we begin to not just put blame on ourselves, but we put it back on the head of Satan and we take the blood of Jesus and we receive the Word now, which is the Father, taking care of that issue. I tell you, there's so much weaknesses in our lives and areas of fault, even places that we're unaware of. I'm following my my personal notes very closely. There's so many things that we're unwilling even to admit as a person. But when the Word begins to come, when the Holy Spirit, like a father, wanting to uncover all those things, His desire that we make it is so much greater than our carnality. 
That's why he said in prayer, our heavenly father, our father which art in heaven. We had earthly fathers after our flesh, but we have a great and wonderful heavenly father. Praise be to God. And Brother Branham said, oh, when that message, he's, he's quoting John 14. Show us the father and it will suffice us. In other words, it means satisfies. If you'll show me the father, it will satisfy us. Now that's been the cry of the... Now we're coming down to a close. That's been the cry of the human heart through all ages. Is to see God. Job of old cried in his distress. If I could only knew where he lived, I could go and knock on his door and speak to him. Every man has wanted to know God and to see God. Job wanted to see Him. Moses wanted to know who it was in that burning bush. Just in the normal course of life, taking care of sheep, and the heart of the Father said, No, that's not your season. We've entered another season. And He began to do the supernatural at that junction to draw the attention of a man that had been... For 40 years now. But now he needs to come back to a certain place. It's always at that junction. At that change. At the cycle changing. At the season change. Here we are at the end of spring. Coming into summer. Those that are spiritual. I know we don't look to moons and the changing of calendars. But there ought to be something in all of us saying, God... We've gone through now this time. It's been, it's been spring break. Now it's come to the end of the school year. There's going to be more time in our family. There's going to be free time for our children. Or even as an assembly, we're going to have activities this summer that is going to draw us all closer to the Lord, even on our fellowship. We all desire more of God. Show us the Father and it will satisfy us. Brother Branham said, That's why he said, show me your glory. He wanted to see the manifestation, to know that it was God. And he said, and all of us do that. We all long to see something that's real, something to prove that God is. And he said, into my humble way of thinking, that it pleases the Father to show himself, to manifest himself. He loves his children. This is really the kernel of tonight's thought, excuse me if it's so simple. Our God is so great. He came down as a son, lowly and base, and even went to hell. Visited hell. So that we don't have to go there. And ripped off those keys. And when he arose up on Sunday morning, that was our father. Hallelujah. If I was you out of a broken home or a wayward family, I would follow that kind of a father that would break captivity captive and loose himself and say, I'm the one that was born virgin. But I died on the cross for you, my wonderful children. I want what's best for you. I loved you. I'll show that by giving my life for you. Here's my heart. Here's my heart. And the bride said, my, that's what we've been looking for for all these years. It's the heart of God. I received that, Lord. Put me to sleep, Lord. Take out a part of yourself and put it in me. That's what the bride, she comes into that secret place. It's not a public show. He puts you into a secret place. 
begins to reveal himself. That's his, it pleases the father. He loves his children. How I love to tell my children something he said and make a requirement and then see those children live right up to that. And I can show them something good. Praise be to God. God bless you. Our musicians can come. Thank you. Praise our Lord Jesus. Thank the Lord for our Father. I'm only on kind of page 12 of 28. I had so many other things. But when you look at the shocking things that are even in the age that we live in of divorce and separation and how it affects children, it is shocking to see what kind of a world that we live in. That half of American children will witness the breakup of a parent's marriage. Of those close to half will also see the breakup of a parent's second marriage. Half of all American children, their family will end a divorce. And of those, close to half will also see the breakup of a parent's second marriage. In other words, Satan is dragging them through hell. That's why they get way up here and they want to take their life. Keep your focus here. They don't have the heart of the Father. They've been taught it's money, it's fame, to be popular. And they get there, and they're not happy. I think we mentioned this last Wednesday, but the two of those famous people, that one chef that, that took his own life, and, and Kate, that lady that took her life, a great entrepreneur. They both had young people. I think one was 11 and one was 13. They're, they're transmitting a heart to the new generation that we have no heart to give you. Just rise to the top. And we'll throw you over the edge. That's what they're telling them. And we come to the house of God on a Wednesday. And we hear the word of God saying, come up a little bit higher, bride. I'll show you greater things. And I'll take you in a rapture. Here's an amazing statistic. You can just play something, Brother Benjamin. 40% of children growing up in America today are being raised without their fathers. 40% are being raised without their fathers. Of all children, these are statistics, born to married parents this year, 50% will experience the divorce of their parents before they reach their 18th birthday. It's incredible. And they go, they show through studies how young people that are born in estranged homes and how teenagers respond They've proven that the death of a parent is less devastating to a child than divorce. In other words, young people that go through a death of a parent are able to recover better than when there's a divorce, when there's a breakage, when there's a breakage. You know what's very sad amongst the ranks of the message? So many would never divorce and separate publicly. But they raise their homes in a broken home and in a separated life that is not the heart of God. They hear great preaching and great presentations and great devotions and they hear the heart of God and then they go home and their home is broken. The heart of God is not being shared and it causes confusion. I say, God, help us. That's heard a message of the Father walking in to a situation.
70% of long-term prison inmates grew up in broken homes. 70% of long-term prison inmates grew up in broken homes. Broken homes. That's where you and I, Satan had signed us up for a life term of in prison. And I'm glad God sent a prophet under that anointing. He says, speak to them. Works as faith expressed. Speak and let them free. And all the bars bursting and breaking. What was it? We're jailbreakers. God broke us out of there, brother musician. He set our hearts free of this kind of bondage that for the rest of your life you're going to be in prison. God says, no, that's my son. That's my daughter. I'm setting them free. Pardoned. Thank God for these things as we stand tonight. Thank God for this message. I have no greater joy than to see that my children walk in truth. That's the heart of the Father saying, I love it to see my bride loving me, loving the Word. Walking out of a Wednesday night, very busy time of the year, but saying, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Give us fresh water. Let us bring this atmosphere home, Lord. Let us be the right kind of examples and right kind of testimonies with one another as we're standing for one thing. That's for God. We want to see the creator of the universe speak out over the universe and bring things back into orbit again. Don't we want to see that? As we bow our heads tonight, Brother Branham said in Jeffersonville, if a member makes a mistake, don't turn him down. Help him. Raise him up. Get together. Have a hearing with one another. That's what the scripture says. When we make a mistake, let's go before God. Before we can go before God, we've got to go before the person we hurt. And he goes into these examples. I say, God, give me a heart like yours, Lord Jesus. I raise my hands tonight, Lord, at the end of this service. Give us a sensitive heart, Lord. Give us a tender heart, Jesus. Give us the heart of the Father. Give us the attitude, Lord, of a greater will, greater desire. Just come down and swallow up our will. Swallow up our mind. From this moment on, God, let some that have been weary or some that have been bound, let them feel their eagle's wings loosening up a little bit and flying out of this nest. Maybe it's brought, brought, brought some into despair and some into a place of selfishness. Lord, give us a sensitive heart, as James said, to visit those that are needy. Maybe it's an elder son among us, or an elder daughter that's been around and just needs the heart of the Father to bring them in fully into the full blessing. They're around, they're there, but they don't have the full blessing. Come on into the house. Let's stoke up the fire so they wonder what's happening in there. I, I've got to be present there. And I pray God restore prodigal sons and daughters, even in this season, some that have been estranged and away from God. Satan's grabbed their minds and grabbed their hearts. I will restore, saith the Lord, all the years. Speak back into that situation, God. Lord, as we close tonight, we want to thank you for this atmosphere and liberty of the Holy Spirit. 
for teachers, for guidance, for your counsel, Lord, for your comfort, for your presence, for your word in season, out of season. You just come to us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for that. For you love your children. You love your family. You love us so much you'll do whatever it takes, Lord, to bring our hearts into a certain line, a certain rhythm, into a certain will of God that's for us. We thank you, Lord, for that. I pray your strength would be for our families, for our church, for our body, Lord, for one another, our individuals, middle-aged, young and old. As we strengthen one another, God, forgive us where we failed. Forgive us where we're not reflecting the heart of the Father. Let us be quick to repent, Lord Jesus, and own that, Lord. And if, it's, if we've been wrong, let us be willing to be leaders so that those behind us could find us faithful. Your love, your grace, your mercy. Yes, your correction. Your hand. Now go with us now, Lord, tonight. We've heard your word. On a Wednesday night, we felt your presence too. We've felt that nudge now. May you go with each heart and bless them. Bring us back, Lord, Sunday. If it would be, Lord, we hear the ministry in our church, Lord, that has been so faithful over the years committed our souls to you, God, under the care, Lord, of these ministries. I pray, God, that there would be no one here that would miss that, Jesus. No prodigal or no elder son or daughter or person would have an attitude at this junction, at this season, at this little turning now, Lord, as we go from spring into the summer naturally. Many receive diplomas and degrees and merit awards and Celebrations. I pray that our heart would go quickly to the spiritual. At that great graduation day, every person would come walking across that line and receive those words, well done, Jesus. Oh God, it would make us so happy and thrilled. Bless the people tonight, Jesus. And the needs that were spoken about and the unspoken needs that Brother Frey prayed about earlier. You know the needs in the congregation. You do, Lord. You know our hearts. Take us higher and further, we pray. In Jesus' name, we thank you, God. Amen. What's that song, brother? There is a fountain
something back to him as we close the meeting now something in your heart that you would say back to him as a son or daughter of God what would you say back to him tonight it means so much to you he's been so good to you hallelujah Jesus thank you Lord you've been so wonderful to us Lord we give you praise and glory and honor Lord when we see you this way gives us strength gives us hope Lord when we see our father it gives us Oh, Father, it possesses us, Lord. It turns our attitudes into positive. We want to go into that house. Whether we're prodigals or whether we're elders, we want to go into the house, Lord. Bless your name tonight, Lord. Go with us. Go with us in healing. Go with us in deliverance. Go with us in a word of wisdom. Go with us in the mind of Christ. Go with us, Lord, what we heard tonight, the heart of the Father. There's not one of us, Lord, that can say, Lord, that we've not had enough. He's given us more than enough. Leave happy and thankful and rejoicing, encouraging one another in this faith, visiting one another. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. God bless each one of you. Thank you for being part of the family. You're dismissed. Bless one another. Shake hands. You're dismissed. Amen. Thank you.